welcome to Slacker Moto Radio with Brad and Addison. Based out of the Pacific Northwest, we're talking motorcycles and the motorcycle community, and we're excited to have this hour with you. Here we go. Welcome back, Slackers. Brad, how are you? I'm doing pretty good, Addison. Uh, you know, back at another episode, uh, enjoying spending time with you and uh, seeing Aww. what's going to come of our conversation. What have you been doing and how are you doing? Oh, man. Been been up to all kinds of stuff. Got some frames painted, well, a frame painted and all of the components associated. And JT1's uh, about at rebuild stage, kind of the fun part where I get to put it all back together. So. Uh, I think everything's prepped and, and ready going that that road. Uh, so that should be uh, up and coming, and, and you can follow that progress on Instagram. But a lot happening there lately. Otherwise, uh, looking at a, a new off-road bike, but we'll see what happens with that. Um, Buy it. <laughs> I'm sure uh, when we have more information next week, that'll be a longer discussion. But uh, just a new, uh, yeah. Especially as you're getting the KLR running, it'd be fun to uh, be able to go uh, trail ride. Yeah, I pretty much spent uh, the weekend uh, not working on the motorcycle. Instead, it was as if I was uh, putting a new motorcycle in my laundry room. So I got a new washer and dryer and plumbing and some other stuff taken care of. So yeah, not quite the uh, uh, workload that I wanted, but uh, definitely important. And the wife is happy, which is critical to being able to work on the motorcycle uh, this weekend. So uh, looking forward to hearing more about your um, bike purchase. You know, that would be one of two for my predictions. So um, <laughs> looking forward to being 100% this year. Just want to throw that out there. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you're not going to share any more details like where people could buy this so that way you don't have to, you know, allow this prediction, this prophecy to come um, to the surface? No, for now, I I don't know enough details yet. I just kicked off a conversation with the, with the guy selling a bike. So I'll wait to uh, to see, you know what it looks like in person and, and all the other stuff that, that a good, and we've talked about this when buying a bike, what to look at. Um, in fact, I think we could probably do a deep dive here in a, in a future episode on, on doing it. Maybe we'll document the process a little bit better here and we can, we can use that, uh, in a future episode because it's still pretty early in the conversation, but, uh, yeah, just, just news. Okay. So you're going to be looking at it tonight. No, it'll be a couple days. I, what I'm you're not, working it, from home. What else do you have to do? <laughs> yeah yeah according to some working from home equals nothing but free time but uh yeah work work is what else i have to do okay, okay. family <laughs> family is important hopefully that's uh sneaking in there somewhere yeah even even an after hours run wouldn't work due to due to family obligations throughout the next couple of days so we'll see i'd like to go before the weekend but saturday is pretty much the the day i know we could make it work I figured you'd be lining up for the new KLR. I mean, new in quotation marks. I just want to emphasize that. Well, why quotation marks? Oh, man. It's like a brand new machine, exactly like the old one with a couple updates. Well, it's fuel injected. It is. I know that and you don't have to do the doohickey. They fixed that, huh? <laughs> I mean, it's nothing like the old one. The, the fuel goes into the engine on its own with electronic controls. If you don't know what we're talking about, uh, 
they just released, Kawasaki just released that the KLR650 will be available in 2022, or at least 2022 model year. So I'm assuming later this year we'll start seeing that. But um, uh, it's really, for the most part, unchanged from what I've read. I mean, there's a lot of new specs and information um, that Kawasaki is touting that they actually... Uh, Updated, upgraded. I know the mid-band torque is supposed to be a little bit better, and they're using a different cam, a couple different setups on some of that stuff. But really, I mean, it's almost a carbon copy of its predecessor that was around for decades. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't really look any different. <laughs> it doesn't, uh, you know, the numbers are, are really not too different other than now it's fuel-injected, which is a little nicer. You can get it with ABS? Get it with ABS. Yeah, so you can get it with ABS. It, it's fuel injected. Um, however, it's gained some weight. Oh, I didn't see that, but I could imagine so. Yeah, I think uh, roughly 50 pounds heavier, which is a, a pretty big weight gain when you're talking adventure bikes. So, it, you know, it. I, I don't know. It checks off some boxes. I think it went downhill in, in a couple other sections. And, and it, basically, I think you're right. In the end, if you take what's better and take what's worse and put it all in a bucket and shake it up, you get the old KLR. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty critical that they brought something to market. I mean, I, I don't know how many people are going to be jumping um, or running to the dealership to um, purchase these when they start hitting the floors, but there was a lot of people that were questioning what Kawasaki was doing, and I think it's still surprising looking at what was actually released because, uh, I, you know, that market right now has been flooded with other competitors coming into it. KLR 650 has been around for a long time and a staple of somebody that's wanting something relatively low cost that has a known uh, reliability and is able to go out and start hitting the trails and you can customize them if you want to, but then to have nothing and then bring out this, I, I don't know. If, I, I'm, I'm thinking that there was a grander scheme here that got cut short as a result of the fallback from from Kawasaki um, patrons. I mean, what do you think about that? Ooh, I don't know. So, the, you know, you look at these, these big bore, single cylinder, you know, adventure slash dual sport, kind of the bikes that run the the line right they kind of sit right on that line whether you want to really do a long adventure on them but a lot of guys do or whether you really want to off-road them hard but a lot of guys do right they kind of sit in that middle ground and and i've said it a hundred times with dual sport motorcycles although i'm looking at one and i really like the idea of one you can't have it all right you you either have road you can be excellent at the road or you can be excellent at the dirt really there's not enough money weight space on a bike to be able to do both it just you can't uh without spending you know ridiculous amounts of money titanium frame you know whatever you'd have to do to to meet those middle ground items you'd be through an astronomical price to be able to have it all right and i don't think that the klr or whatever may have been the grand scheme before all this took place and they brought out the same bike again i I, I don't know if it was to hit the middle ground or if it was just to update it. I'm really feeling like if it was something, I, I feel like they took a break to be able to spend time really getting a product right. And I'm not saying the new KLR650 is the, isn't the right product. But what I'm saying is, is that everything else has transitioned to a KLX. 
and that that seems to be the next generation of Kawasaki motorcycles. And so what I'm feeling is that they have something in the works for the KLS, KLX 650 or somewhere around there. And they jumped the gun to get something back out because people are making purchases. People are buying motorcycles and they're not getting that revenue. It's only the dealerships who are maybe turning over used bikes uh, that are actually making that revenue. Um, So I just feel like this was a middle ground. This was something that was already in development that they had completed potentially for the new KLX. If there will be one, but I think that there's going to be one here in the next couple of years, that these items are going to be on it, but then we're going to see a different subframe. We're going to see a different chassis, maybe a different swing arm, you know, some setups and some things that actually bring the weight down kind of a little bit more competitive, but right along the lines of uh, mediocrely good at everything that somebody really needs. Well, we, you know, we talked about it before about the the updates that that would need to be required and that the adventure market um, is is really growing, that, that it continues to be kind of the hot market that in 2020 throughout all of the, the concern and financial issues and and all of that, that side-by-sides and off-road purchases were the clear winner uh, that those markets jumped significantly and so, you know, obviously, obviously it's a selling market, obviously not having a competitor. And that's kind of what I was getting at in this big bore, single cylinder adventure slash dual sport market, you know, sitting in with the XL650, the the DR650, and then of course there's the KLR650. And then you get into the more adventure bikes talking about, you know, the Triumphs, the BMWs, the ones that are, you know, have a lot more features are definitely much more accustomed to long rides on the road, being comfortable and convenient. Uh, but not, but, you know, generally not quite as good off-road. And so, yeah, Cowie removing that or, you know, it's not that they really even removed the bike. They just weren't up to speed with regulation, right? They had to do something to be right. able to meet requirements. And so because of that, you know, they, they were losing market share. They were either losing market share. You know, we don't know what the long-term market share on that is going to be until we watch now that they brought it back. But, you know, they were losing sales. People are still buying these big adventure bikes. To your point, we talked about this in our predictions. We talked about this last year with our fuel mileage, you know, or last week. (laughs) Probably talked about it last year, too. But, you know, the people are wanting to leave home for a weekend or for a day or for a Saturday and just go back in the woods or just take a, you know, take the long way, the twisty roads. People are more so than ever needing a, you know, half day escape. And to that uh, point, on, on the nice days that we've received in our area, and I live a little bit, uh, uh, not much out of town, but a little bit, and on a road that I'd say is kind of a fun, uh, you know, day ride. Uh, I know we've taken pieces of it um, on our um, lunchtime adventures uh, back in the day, but um, I have been seeing a lot of dual sport motorcycles. I think that by far the majority, I would say 10 dual sport motorcycles to one. Uh, cruiser, let's say, or maybe a, a street bike of some sort, but the majority have been dual sports. So I completely understand where you're coming from there. Are you talking about the DSR? What are you talking about? What do you mean? Am I talking about the DSR? I mean, it sounds like you're talking about the DSR. I could be. Why don't you elaborate on what the DSR is? The dual sport revolution? Could be. 
I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't tell. I can't tell you. <laughs> All I know is that that's what I've been seeing. I hope that catches fire, by the way, and, and starts showing up everywhere. The DSR. Nonetheless, <laughs> I, I think you're right. That I, you know, not even I think you're right. I know you're right. We look at the sales numbers. We look at the volume. We look at what's happened in the market really over the last two years. And although other middleweight bikes have started to creep up on the dual sport slash adventure bike market uh, nationwide in the U.S., you know, if we take two years, there's there's no question. The the adventure bike, the more off-road oriented bikes are selling better. You, you can't argue. That's that's the facts, right? That's the data. So, yeah, I, I'm not surprised, especially out where you're at. There's a lot of good uh, offshoots off of those roads that you could tear up into the mountains, do, you know, a small gravel side road. You don't have to necessarily spend all day getting lost and camping for a week. Uh, you can just go uh, enjoy the twisties there and then jump into some dirt road up into the hills. So, you know, that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. So just an interesting uh, observation. I guess the only other observation that I have on the topic of things that I've seen on the road was a a side-by-side um, Honda Goldwing, and it was very disappointed. I gave the guy a wave in a parking lot, and he just gave me that blank stare. I, I, I don't know what was going on there, but thought that was a little wild. I don't see those big beasts set up that way that much, personally. A side-by-side or a sidecar? I guess it was a sidecar, but okay. they were side by side. It was kind of stuck to the bike. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Just just correcting you publicly in front of everyone. I appreciate that. I got to keep you honest. Uh, fine. Nonetheless, I know uh, one of the big pieces of news this week that, that I got real excited about, and if you follow us on Instagram, you've probably seen posted a number of times. Uh, Triumph finally came out with the uh, the new Speed Triple. Consumer Reports says don't buy Triumph. Yeah, Consumer Reports. I uh, Let's not bash or get into this conversation, but I, I looked into some of the stuff that you were sharing with me, and I would like to know what their criteria is, because <laughs> I heavily disagree with a handful of things I read. However, if you just need right a handful of baselines and you want to put a bunch of data together to figure out what to do, you know, take it as one of your inputs. I don't know that they're necessarily wrong, and I'm sure that they've got good reason for the choices they make. But, um, you know, with the motorcycle market, at least they don't even have, I mean, they're, they're using brands that haven't existed in seven years as a market winner. So, uh, you know, hey, I question the validity victory? of what's that wrong data. with victory. Nothing at all. I think they're great bikes. It's just, <laughs> no one's called Indian a victory in seven years. <laughs> also Harley was number two, uh, which was interesting. And I, you know, we are totally going down a rabbit hole now because I was changing it into Triumph. But I don't question that the newer Harleys are significantly more reliable. I, I know people with them. I know a lot of people that ride the crap out of their Harleys. You know, a Harley today isn't a Harley from the 80s. So, you know, I, I think it's still trying to get over its bad reputation of reliability and oil leaks. But, you know, new Harleys are pretty reliable bikes, quite frankly. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think that, well, I mean, the thing where I've started this by, well, you started with Triumph, but I started with Consumer <laughs> Reports. Uh, I, You know, the big thing, if you look at what Consumer Reports does, they don't just look at just reliability. They also look at how, you know, the comfort level that the consumers have and, you know, how, how likely they are to recommend it to a friend. And I mean, there's a lot of brand loyalty with Harley Davidson. I think that really makes a lot of sense. And, you know, Victory is just a Polaris. The Polaris has been around for a long time, so they're bringing that reputation with them. So I'm not surprised by that. Whereas Triumph and some of the others, although they are great motorcycles, 
have had some things come up over the years that uh, generally just because it's not a U.S. brand, maybe there isn't as much uh, volume sales. Now, that could be changing to your point of some of those things that are like seven years old. Uh, I don't know when Victory actually uh, was discontinued, but that's probably about right. Uh, probably, what, five years, four years? Uh, I think it's been well over four. I don't know. I'm sure we'll get a an email that corrects me and says I'm totally wrong. No, we don't get emails. Nobody likes us. We just like to talk to each other. Usually it's Instagram messages. <laughs> People are slipping into our DMs like you wouldn't believe, but I like it. It's fun. Okay. Okay. Well, DSR hopefully makes it onto the Instagram and takes off. Just oh, it's that DSR, man. I'll tell you what. That DSR. So anyway, you were starting to go down this rabbit hole of Triumph or no. whatever it was. I mean, what were you trying to talk about? This so? is no rabbit hole. Triumph released an awesome bike, an 1160cc speed triple with ridiculous amounts of horsepower and ridiculous amounts of torque. I mean, it's not really ridiculous on either effect, but the bike is slim. That thing weighs almost nothing. Uh, basically, their goal, uh, Triumph, in creating this bike, or I guess re redoing the Speed Triple, not like that hasn't existed, um, was to bring the agility and the fun factor that everyone loves in the Street Triple to the bigger, bore, higher-powered bike. Because that's always been, historically, the, the conversation, is you can have you know better straightaway, straightaway power on your Speed Triple, or you can have a much more agile Street Triple. They're both fun in their own merits. But the new Speed Triple is intended to be just a step up in all directions from the Street Triple, which okay. I, I think that's a great goal. That, that should be the point, right? They're making it now a very premium product, not just an alternative choice. Mm. Well, I mean, I guess that that can be awesome, especially for those that want to get on the track. But uh, yeah, there's not much of that going to be going on, I'm assuming. Or have you heard otherwise? What do you mean with uh, not much track going on? Uh, track days. I mean, that's one of the big benefits of getting on one of these bikes is you can't really do a lot of the things on the road legally. And so a lot of people, I mean, ourselves included and people that we know recommend doing track days to kind of get that bug out as well as being able to refine your skills. Um, so, I mean, do you anticipate people just going to buy this and they're just going to enjoy it cruising around town and maybe on the roadways or, I mean, cause I anticipate a lot of people would actually be buying this typically to be able to also do track days and then enjoy it on the weekends and, and uh, you know, uh, afternoon trips around on some scenic roads. I mean, what do you anticipate that's going to affect this at all? hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, I think that it'll, it'll make a difference. I think there's still a lot of groups doing track days. Track day is a, a even in our more stringent and strict States, uh, an approved practice. You can have them. Uh, you just have to make sure people are, are meeting certain guidelines with regards to joint, you know, big groups and and grouping together and, and having conversations, right? You have to stay six feet apart and all that stuff in our area. But um, you know, they're still happening. So I think there's still still a good opportunity for that. This is definitely, you know, not a race bike, although right, they tout a lot of the Moto 2 engine development and things that they did for Moto 2 last year being a lot of the development and uh, key to getting such a, a well-performing bike. Um I, you know, I look at this as the the kind of bike that you're going to end up with, you know, the same person that buys a, a, a go fasty Ducati, a, a, you know, a, a BMW 1000 RR, right? You got people buying these high performance race bikes that are that are more of a of a racing heritage, right? That aren't not necessarily even track bikes, but are straight race bikes, leader bikes built to run 
MotoGP, Moto America, bikes that are just the smallest step away from being professional race machines. And people buy those and run those up and down the street. This is now an accessible version of that, right? That's that's the point of the Street Fighter is to have all of that heritage of a race bike, but on a bike you can commute with and or ride on the weekends. So yeah, I think that's exactly what this does is this takes the joy of the the race ready or track ready bike and makes it a very much a road accessible version that I think would be a flipping riot. I mean, we're talking, you know, a bike that, that really does push some limits. So it's a, it's a pretty cool bike uh, that, you know, I like the looks. If you haven't seen it, you can definitely check out everything, uh, you know, from, from triumph on the website or on their Instagram, right. They've kind of put it everywhere, but it's definitely a bike that, that changes the game a bit jumping up, Roughly 100 cc's. I think it's uh, 110 cc from the previous version. Uh, it does go up in price, so I guess that's something to be aware of. But the horsepower, you're up 29 horsepower from last year, up to 177. Uh, five pound foot of torque. We're at 92 now on this bike, and it's 22 pounds lighter than the previous bike that was smaller, slower, with less power. So this bike is is pretty phenomenal. They, they went the opposite direction of Cowie. And actually checked all the boxes across the board if they're going to do that. That's debatable. That's debatable. I get what you're saying. I really appreciate uh, you and this promotion, Addison. Uh, you know, I hope you're getting paid for that. Uh, but uh, we've got to get on the bike. I mean, that's that's yes. we're talking about this. We're talking about all the advancements. Does it actually work that way? And I don't think either of us have the expertise or the understanding to be able to really state that. Um, and the fact that nobody can actually go and ride it on a track is really disappointing because that's where you're going to have to be in order to really take full advantage of its capabilities. So I guess the alternative is they can buy an $18,000 MotoGP simulator. Have you seen that those are for sale? No, but you can ride these on the track. What are you talking about? Track days are open, man. Okay. I, I mean, they may be. We'll see how that ends up going. Uh, I, I, I assume that you're correct. But, uh, I mean, we know somebody that's not even doing it this year, right? That is true. I do know some companies that are taking a year off at least. So so the opportunities have decreased, which means that they're going to be packed if they do have that something. That is true. So get your reservations in early if that's the case. Also true. Now, what what is this uh, simulator at the same price of a brand new Street Triple 1200? Sorry, I'm just saying Street with Triple. people not being able to do this, I saw this come up. Uh, you can look on Jalopnik. It's $18,000 Moto GP simulator. <laughs> Uh, that you can, uh, you know, buy. Apparently, they have a cheaper version, but about $6,000. It pretty much ends up being a controller for your Xbox or your PC, really. But your motorcycle actually gets on it. You can actually do lean angles. It'll do feedback through your forks and the leans and everything else for you if you buy the $18,000 version. Uh, you know, so it, it's, I guess, an alternative. It's, you know... Track days can get quite expensive, and if you don't really care about being on the track and you want to race any track that you want, spend $18,000 and never worry about it for the rest of your life. Well, there you go. You know, it's definitely safer. You're not going to go down, right? So, well, I mean, so I, I don't know. Go. Maybe you could uh, if you don't mount your motorcycle correctly, right. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> that's fair. I think uh, that that's interesting. Uh, I don't see the market for it. <laughs> And that's okay. So part of my point is that I don't have see to the use your own bike. I see it being a very slim market, not taking the market by storm, other than that they have new a new flagship, if you will. 
by triumph that then allows them to brag, but without people actually being able to behind it. People are, who are the people that are going to buy that motorcycle? I think it's going to be the same people that would buy the uh, 1,000. I mean, the same group, right? You have people that are buying a 990 Sport KTM, people that are buying all of these naked sport bikes, right? If you're looking for a leader or bigger go fast sport bike, you know, that's, that's the market. And I agree that it's not, that's not the big market right now. That's not the the bread and butter of motorcycle sales, but there's a market for it. And I think this will do well in that market. Yeah. It's, okay. you know, the price point is it's less than the, the ones that are fully set up for, you know, what would be Moto America specs and all of that, you know, it's less expensive than those bikes, but it's, you know, because it's naked and you lose some of the fairings and some of the stuff there, but it is definitely still a pricey bike. It's not your accessible new rider market at $18,000 and 177 horsepower. Yeah, yeah. Just buy a scooter in this MotoGP simulator and you can have the same experience. There you go. And th- well, that's so that's the issue I have is <laughs> if you're running that simulator with your own, right, your own leader bike or, I mean, let's even go with a, a 300 Ninja, right, or something like that. Yeah. You know, for eight, 18 grand, you can pay for a lot of track days. Yeah, but you never have to pay for – you have to continue using track days. And I have to wait until a track event. I could do this every night on a simulator. <laughs> I guess. And I could probably I'm... mount a pedal bike in there and and rig it up to where it thinks it's a, a leader bike and actually still – it might be fun. I don't know. I don't know. I just I just saw it come up, and I thought it was ridiculous and stupid, but I'm trying to find a way to use it. I'm excited for you to get one so we can try it out. I thought you were buying it for me. Uh, no, I got to save up for a, a new speed triple. I know. So that's bike number two this year. I think <laughs> no, I think I could have predicted be. even more motorcycles. That won't be bike two this year. I'm not in that market. That's uh, that's a bit outside of my price range and uh, taste for new bikes these days. I don't know. I assume by now you had invested in GameStop with all that craze going on and that you were a millionaire. Still not sure what you're talking about there, but I'm, I, apparently I'm way behind in the uh, in the investment news. Well, there are those listening that understand exactly what I'm talking about. I didn't get into that wagon. That's not how I roll usually, but or at all. Uh, but man, that's pretty pretty wild to see how you know if you'd put a hundred thousand dollars into that and really push some money, you could be really raking in the dough. So, anyway. Any other news articles? I saw that there's a Harley Davidson uh, uh, pedal bike, like a pedal assist bike that's the loudest bike ever made. I saw a, a headline for that. Is that. Was that the headline? <laughs> that was the headline. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> well Just done, Harley. Just throwing it out. Um, I'm into it. I, I like that. That, that. That's fun. And I'll, that's kind of your... your uh, alt mentality right if if the world's going to quiet peaceful bikes let's go to a loud angry one yeah i mean i'm i i, I don't know what harley's doing i'm looking forward to their uh what are they their their release dates are coming up here pretty soon in february february yeah so looking forward to seeing how that plays out that's are both of them in february i'm trying to remember again they are i believe uh i, I signed up for the adventure uh, for the Pan America discussion, I did not get involved in uh, just the initial here's our 2021 hangout chat discussion. Um, I'm not as interested in what 
is kind of the updates to their current status. Uh, mm-hmm. I'd be interested in writing them and checking them out and going that route, but not really. Yeah, I didn't jump on that bandwagon, I guess. Um, however, you know, that is coming up here uh, pretty soon, I believe. Yeah, I was just trying to look real quick. Obviously, I'm not very fast, but. Uh, I was thinking it was like February 8th, but. I know they're separated by some amount of time. I thought it was a month, but anyway, people can look that up. You can spend some time on HarleyDavidson.com and maybe end up buying some uh, Chinese. There we go. 22nd. February 22nd, 8 a.m. Pacific Standard. And then the um, other event is what day again? The one is sooner than that, so look it up soon. I didn't sign up for that one. I don't have a reminder on that. Sorry, my my news is is lacking for that one. I wasn't expecting to dive into the Harley pedal bike discussion. Oh, I know. We're kind of just doing an open-ended conversation today, so I'll throw a few <laughs> things out that at least uh, I thought were kind of interesting. Now it's been a been a lot. I will say for this week, there has been a lot of news, a lot of updates, a lot of changes uh, from most manufacturers about bikes coming out. Um, you know, the I guess Harley already made their announcement, and that that official release event is happening. Right, we talked about it twenty second for the Pan America. I think it was a week or two before uh, early February for the rest, and then you know Triumph just released this new Speed Triple, which was kind of teased, really. Only about a week ago, it wasn't like they uh, they really did a lot of uh, pushing for it. It was just released at midnight randomly. Um, I think it was Tuesday night, and uh, kind of went watch that. That's noon our time, so that was easy to catch at lunch. Um, but but really, with that, with Kawasaki, with these different things coming out, there's a lot of new bikes popping up that uh, you know that are making news, and, and everybody's kind of getting their changes. So I think for our predictions we're we're already seeing that that 2021 all of the changes and design and some of the work that got put on hold through 2020 is now starting to show up so we're seeing a lot of these changes a lot of these things also seen benelli and beta and a couple of smaller manufacturers start to pop into the conversation so uh you know some of that gap left last year may be allowing some of these little guys uh to start showing up a little bigger yeah, I think they're a big risk. I want to see some more from them and actually hit production uh, scale and also uh, reliability, I think, is the big thing there. But it is interesting and exciting in the motorcycle world, much more so than automotive, to see some of these uh, these uh, garage heroes uh, come to the light and actually have some products that people end up uh, getting interested and excited about. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, really, all I got it from uh, you know from our discussion earlier here is that you know, it sounds like Kawasaki was on a break, so no harm, no foul, right? Doesn't count if you're on a break. I don't know. I still don't get it. I think there's something else in the works. I'm just going to leave it at that. No worries. Uh, we'll we'll keep an eye out for it. We always post. Really, uh, I shouldn't say always. We post what we want to <laughs> on on Instagram and Facebook, things that interest us and that are kind of front and center. So if you're uh, just casually keeping track of the news, you can always follow us there and and see what's popping up. If obviously you could probably, I won't admit to being the top of the news there, so you might be able to catch it on your own quicker. But we do post cool stuff, so check us out there. Uh, follow us on Facebook. We have a lot of things coming up this year. I, I also in this quick conversation today want to talk about we are now what nine episodes away from our hundredth episode. So. Woo-hoo! That's pretty big. Uh, you know, granted, nine episodes is nine weeks away, but it's time we are planning different things. We've got a couple of special events coming up. Uh, we're going to have a giveaway associated with it. 
So keep with us, uh, subscribe if you don't already, because you're going to want to be a part of all this. Uh, and one, of course, that's going to be an awesome episode. But two, uh, we're going to have some stuff we're giving away as part of our 100 episode celebration. So thanks, everybody that's been tagging along, uh, that's followed, that's supported, that's given feedback. We appreciate that a lot. Uh, really, we wouldn't be where we're at, especially on the air public, um, as we're doing with, with, what, 91 episodes now without all that support. So thank you very much. We really do appreciate it. Uh, it's been an awesome ride, and we continue to to enjoy doing this. It's a good chance, especially with social distancing and everything going on, for Brad and I to hang out uh, on our own. So we enjoy it, but we also enjoy the feedback from from all of you. So thank you for that, and we hope that uh, that everybody has an awesome week. Until next time. Right on.